0: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. What a week it has been. While many of us have been following the Olympic Games with anticipation, things have also been heating up in the Chinese business sphere. China seems to be going for gold when it comes to high-speed trains, and that's after the country just unveiled its brand-new homemade maglev. And, just like in Tokyo, the competition with Volvo cars is rising as the European carmaker seeks to win full control over its China ventures. However, possibly feeling less competitive are China's edtech enterprises, a number of whom saw their stocks on the New York Stock Exchange collapse amid a new crackdown. If you're looking to keep score on the latest developments in the world's second-largest economy, you have come to the right place. And let's kick off with the latest on China and the WHO. Beijing says it will not accept the international health body's plan for a second-phase investigation into the origins of coronavirus in the country. That's according to the deputy director of the National Health Commission. The senior health official, Zheng Yixin, said at a press conference it is impossible for China to accept the plan, which, quote, disregards common sense and defies science, unquote. Zheng added that he was shocked by the plan, which includes the hypothesis that a violation of laboratory protocols resulted in the leaking of the virus. The second phase investigation was proposed two weeks ago by the Director General of the WHO. It would involve further studies of markets in the city of Wuhan and audits of relevant laboratories and research institutions. Moving on to a fast-moving story, if you will, China has unveiled its self-developed maglev train capable of traveling up to 600 kilometers per hour. The news comes as the country moves to improve its well-established rail network led by high-speed trains. The progress on what would be the world's fastest train paves the way for rolling out maglev trains for wider commercial use, although more test runs on longer maglev lines that support superfast speeds need to be conducted. The train has been under development by the gigantic railroad equipment maker CRRC since 2016 and was rolled off the production line in the eastern coastal city of Qingdao last week. According to CRRC's chairman, this means China's home-built high-speed maglev transport system is ready for large-scale use. While things have been very exciting for the makers of the new Maglev, things are looking more grim for several education companies. Shares of Chinese education firms collapsed Friday in New York after the Chinese government issued sweeping new regulations to restrict after school tutoring services and force a restructuring of the industry, including bans on initial public offerings and foreign investments. According to a document issued by the State Council and the Chinese Communist Party's Central Committee, Foreign capital will be barred from the sector through mergers and acquisitions, franchising, or variable interest entity arrangements. The same document stressed that after-school training companies are also banned from providing overseas educational classes or classes that go beyond standard school curriculum. Shares of industry giant TAL Education Group led the pack, plunging over 70% to a six-year low New Oriental Education and Technology sank 54%, also to a six-year low. Meanwhile, shares of Gautu Tech EDU dropped 63% to about a third of its initial public offering price. In other big business news, Volvo Cars has signed a deal with its parent Zhejiang Jili Holding Group to buy out the latter's shares in their joint ventures in China and take full control of its manufacturing and sales in the world's largest auto market as Beijing further opens up the industry to foreign investors. The agreement, which is awaiting the approval of China's regulators, will see Volvo Cars acquire Geely Holdings' 50% stake in Daxing Volvo Car Manufacturing and Shanghai Volvo Car Research and Development. That's according to a joint statement released on Wednesday, which added that the two transactions will give the Swedish carmaker full ownership of its production plants in Chengdu and Daxing, its Chinese sales company, and its R&D facility in Shanghai. Last week, also saw debates surrounding the Me Too movement surface on Chinese social media after a prominent singer was accused of rape. In a NetEase interview, 18-year-old Du Meiju accused pop star Chris Wu of raping her two years ago, as well as repeatedly tricking young women into sexual relations. In an eyebrow-raising turn of events, police now say that after investigating the case, they found that the accusations may be aimed at extracting cash from the star. A man has been arrested in East China's Jiangsu province for blackmail days after police in the province accepted a case filed by Wu's mother for blackmail. Despite denying the accusation, more than 10 associated brands have dropped collaborations with the singer pending the police inquiry. Turning now to the latest developments on China's energy sector, China Electric Power Planning and Engineering Institute, the state-funded think tank, says that the Asian giant needs greater quantities of energy sources such as nuclear and pumped hydro in order to keep power outages in the country's industrial centers at bay. In a report on domestic energy requirements through 2025, the think tank said that some major Chinese cities have already grappled with power shortages over summer as air conditioning use spiked. The report added such urban areas could very likely be hit by energy deficits. Bloomberg reports that nuclear and pumped hydro are particularly useful as backups to the intermittent power generated by other clean energy sources like wind and solar. Also making the headlines is a new plan by the State Council released to counter China's baby bust. The plan details supportive measures for the newly announced three-child policy, which was introduced after the latest census showed a low fertility rate of 1.3, far below the expected figure of 1.8. Among the measures, the central government said it will, quote, promote the development of accessible, affordable, high-quality child care facilities. In China, private institutions are the main providers of child care services. Authorities have called for more and better public child care facilities to reduce the burden shouldered by new parents and guarantee the safety of children amid scandals involving staff abusing kids under their care. Apologies, but we had some technical issues with our interview with Caixin Global General News reporter Wang Tong, so I'll just give you a quick recap of what she told me about the flooding last week in central China's Henan province. Henan, which happens to be my own ancestral province, where three of my four grandparents are actually from, has a population over 100 million Uh, Floods impacted 11 million people, and a whopping 850,000 have had to be relocated. The death toll so far is 69, with five people still missing. You've probably seen video or at least photos of the horrifying scene of people trapped in a subway car in Zhengzhou, Kunan's provincial capital, and a city itself of more than 10 million people. So Xin told me that rain had actually not been very heavy on the morning of the flood, and people all went to work commuting is normal. But it came down in buckets beginning in the late afternoon, just as people were preparing to commute, and the subway system was completely inundated. One train had the misfortune of being stuck between two stations, and while the conductor instructed passengers to exit the train and make their way down the tunnel to the next station, not all of them did and opted instead to remain in the car, fearful of water in the tunnel. Uh, then, according to witnesses, water suddenly surged really rapidly and began filling the car. Uh, although 500 people were eventually rescued, 12 people died, and I imagine that a lot of you saw that video of people uh, actually up to their necks in water in the subway car, which must have been harrowing indeed. Thousands of firefighters have now been dispatched to Henan to search for missing people, and rescue efforts continue, uh, not just in Zhengzhou, but in other cities like Xinjiang as well. Flooding uh, disrupted power in some areas as well as mobile and internet access, but authorities say they have now restored power in most residential areas and have gotten base stations back online. Meanwhile, rain has been pounding coastal China after Typhoon Infa made landfall in Zhejiang province on Sunday with 137 kilometer per hour winds. That's about 85 miles per hour. Uh, some of you may have also seen photos of the flooded Bund in Shanghai. Now, if you are interested in learning what China is trying to do to combat flooding as global warming gives rise to ever more destructive weather systems, check out the China Stories podcast from this week, featuring a great piece from Ike Freeman in The Wire China that I read for the podcast. It's about China's efforts to implement sponge cities using natural wetlands and, and, and just just unpaving a lot of the cities and creating a lot of green space. Uh, anyway, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music hear stories from Sourcing Global, SubChina, Sixth Tone, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.